you're about to enter the world of Strawberry Ice and the Ice Cave. Let's go! Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopal, the Iceman. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view, right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Jackpot Joey Burrow, baby. Now, to be fair, if you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up up to 1,135 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, just to let you know, we are doing Super Chats again. So if you guys want to support what I'm doing here, go to the YouTube channel and you can make your chat a Super Chat. And I'll jump it right to the front of the line. And again, I appreciate the support. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. How about them Reds? They have won six in a row. They look like a completely different team. They are taking on the San Diego Padres tonight. We got Wade Miley going. He's six and four with a 2.92 ERA, which is Musgrave, who is four six with a 2.50 ERA, though. Should be a pretty good pitching performance. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Reds, like I said, they've won six in a row. Tyler Malley, in my opinion, has pretty much been the ace of this staff this for the whole season. And now Luis Castillo, Luis Castillo is 
starting to pitch like Luis Castillo. Hopefully, Sonny Gray will be back soon, and we can keep this rolling. Let's get to Mally's game yesterday. Mally had a career outing with 12 strikeouts, tying his career record. Now, listen to what he's done the last four starts. He is 4-0 with a 2.13 ERA and averaging six punch-outs per start. That's getting it done. Now, this is something kind of interesting, too. His six innings, innings of one-run ball made him the first Reds pitcher to record a winning decision in five consecutive starts since 2014. And you're never going to guess who the guy was. None other than Johnny Baseball, Johnny Cueto. That's a pretty good company to be in there with. Let's just talk of how this team, and this is the one of the biggest things that I love about watching this team. The determination, the grit, the hustle that they are willing themselves to win these games. And I think it has a lot to do with Nick Castellanos, Nick Cablastos. He, to me, is the leader of this team. I know Vado's been here for a long time. He's one of the leaders. But I think this team has really taken on Nick Castellanos' attitude. I mean, I remember when they signed him two years ago. Basically, what he said is, I want to win. And he said that over and over and over and over again. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. I've lost my whole career. I want to win. Point being, yesterday, if he does not bust it down the line and beat that ball, that infield hit he had, the Reds don't score the first run. He busts his butt down there, gets the first base, and Nyquil comes in, doubles down the left field line, and Nick scores. That right there is a game changer. That's He hustles. He runs every single ball out. He is a Cincinnati type of ball player. These are the kind of guys that we love to get behind. And it's not, and I said, it's not just the home runs. It's not just the, the, the I mean, even his defense, his outfield defense has gotten better because he's worked on it. The man actually goes out. He don't have to do this. He goes out and shags balls every day at batting practice. And he's doing, he's taking it seriously. He's not out there just, you know, yeah, yakking with the guys. This is from either, I think, I think Barry Larkin said this along the broadcast. He's out there. I mean, he's having fun talking to his teammates, but as a concentrating, and trying to get better at Africa, one of the one of one of the faults of his game is he wasn't a very good outfit. I mean, Richard started as third baseman, wasn't good there. They moved, moved him to the outfield. And if you guys remember last year, he does not want to be a DH. He wants to play in the field. That's one of the reasons he stayed in the National League. Now, for the Reds to sign him, which is going to be unfortunately be kind of hard to do. And he's probably most likely going to opt out. And I don't blame him. I mean, he's having a career year. You got to get, get the money when you can. But I still think – now, see, I think I don't think we had a shot at all of signing Trevor Bauer. I think Bauer was going for the money. And I and I, I think it, it, the money he got, there's no way the Reds could touch. I think the Cassianos winning is more important to him. And if he thinks his best shot – to win is here in Cincinnati. He might take less money to stay here. Hell, he might opt in. I have no idea. I kind of doubt that. 
But I don't know. And the thing is, I was reading an article the other day of how how much he's enjoying this year compared to last year. Last year, you know, he's first year with the Reds. He has no idea what us fans are like. He never saw us. You know, we were never in the stands with him. He doesn't know how we react to anything. He doesn't know what gets us upset. He doesn't know anything. But he said last year it was it, it, it was not even the same. He said he was not as happy of a guy because the fans weren't there. They weren't playing that good. You know, this year he's having a blast, and you could tell the way he's playing. Not only him, but Jesse Winker. I mean, we got two guys. Now, I know the national media <laughs> does not like counting these two in for the National League MVP, which I have no clue why, because to me, they're one and two, <laughs> you know, one and one A. I don't know. I mean, they're going to be most likely, as long as you got their vote, make sure you guys got there and keep voting uh, for Jesse Winker and the Cassianos for left field and right field in the All-Star game. They should be starting in the All-Star game, and, and they've deserved it. They are two of the best hitters in baseball. And the thing that's different about them than I think what everybody else is trying to do, I've said this before on the show before, and I think this is what more major baseball players need to look at. And I think the Reds in general are doing this. They're just trying to hit the ball hard somewhere. How many times have you seen a ball on the outside of the plate from Jesse Winker and Nick Cassianos? They don't try to pull it. They hit it as hard as they can down the left or right field line. Where that ball is hit, they're, they're smashing it. And that's the way baseball used to be. Last year, I think, it was a 60-game season. It was a sprint. It was so much pressure because this team was supposed to win. It was supposed to be so good, which it would have been if we didn't have a pandemic, I think. I think they, they gripped the bats too much and tried tried too hard last year. And this year, they're just swinging, and they're, they're just making contact, making hard contact somewhere. I mean, I don't know why any major baseball team would shift on these guys, to be honest. The way they're hitting, um, they hit the ball wherever you wherever you put it. And if it goes out, it goes out. And that's what he, that's how you used to hit in baseball. But getting back to the Castellanos, the confidence he has, he is, he kind of reminds me of Jackpot Joey Burrow. Both of them are very confident in what they're doing, confident in their craft, confident in themselves. Not necessarily cocky, you know, but it's confidence. And that rubs off on people. And I think that's what's happening with this team. I mean, look at Joey Votto. He's having, I think, the most fun I've ever seen Joey Votto have in my life. Now, I know he's loosened up a lot here in the last couple of years compared to what he did, you know, his first, what, seven to ten years in the league. Him scoring, and he ran as fast as he could. And if you saw the uh, post-game press conference where, where Jim Day said, I don't know how Jim Day put it, but he's like, you uh, – not got lucky and scored, but you know, you, you actually scored. And Vado's like, actually, like, what do you mean, actually? <laughs> and, and I mean, Vado was running as fast as he could. And when he got up, he's like, yeah, that fires me up. I mean, I made at least two TikToks about it. So you can go, guys, go check out the TikToks I made of that moment. Uh, it's on uh, Sports Strawberry Ice. Uh, the handle there is at Iceman90. You can go check them out. I didn't see Joey Votto doing that in 2012. That wasn't Joey Votto, you know? It is now. I mean, these rookies that this team has, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, 
They're playing like veterans. I mean, Jonathan India made a a pretty big, I think, in my opinion, batting stance adjustment. It, I think it's hard. I don't, like I said, I'm not a Major League Baseball player whatsoever. I was an okay high school baseball player. But it's hard when you're you start out and, you, and your timing mechanism is the, the the leg lift. It's hard to switch to a toe tap and get that right. And he has done it flawlessly. And that's the thing. He's made adjustments. Tyler Stevenson, Stevenson has made adjustments. I mean, Tyler Stevenson played first base for the Reds while Votto was out. The cool thing was Votto was out there teaching them how to do it. So this team is all together, you know. And that brings me to the mad scientist, David Bell. And that's what I call him. I might have to change his name because I think David Bell has actually having one or probably his best managerial season. He has stopped managing every game like the seventh game of the World Series. He stopped going to the bullpen, you know, by the third day, which this team has actually forced him to do that because our bullpen is not that good. Now, granted, it's pitched a lot better here the last couple of days. It's it's still not fixed. But the way he's I'll, I'll just put this the way he's managing Garrett, Armin Garrett. Armin is in he's having his worst season he's ever had. And David Bell is spoon feeding him. He's coming in for two guys. He's coming in for one guy. You know, he's getting his confidence back. He's getting it slowly. He got a save the other day. I like the way David Bell's managing. I still think he double switches a little bit too much. <laughs> but, I mean, every Major League Baseball team fans can find something they don't like about their manager. So what's your guys' thoughts on, on anything I said here? You know, we got Super Chats going. I got one comment. <laughs> one comment in the uh, in the chat. So you guys go ahead and give, give me some Super Chats. Give me your comments. Uh, I just said a, a whole bunch of stuff there about the Reds. I, I still think that the Reds need to make a trade to get some bullpen help, but I love the makeup of this team. I Okay. Now one problem I do have with David Bell is why the hell he won't play Shogo. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, my buddy was telling me he went to the uh, Shogo bobblehead game and the crowd or the stands was yelling free Shogo, free Shogo. So all right, that's what crown has to say. He said, let's see how this weekend how this weekend give go? I think it means goes goes for the Reds on the West Coast. Usually, not well. That's true. But Crown, last time they went out there, they swept the Dodgers, and it's going to be interesting because the Padres are coming off of being swept by the Colorado Rockies. So you have two teams here that are heading in opposite directions. Like I said the Padres come off being swept by the Rockies, which. The Reds just swept the Rockies. And the Reds are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Three sweeps in their last four series. And back-to-back sweeps over the Rockies and the Boozers. So, yes, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because they don't usually do that good in California. But they're playing so good right now. You know, it could be one of those things where they go out there and they just fall flat on their face, but they are two games out. Two weeks ago, they were seven games out. They are two games out, man. Like, I'm just hoping that this front office believes in this team like I do, because I believe in it. I've always believed it. I just got pissed off 
about the bullpen because I'm like, we got a good team if they had just done something with the bullpen to help it. They still haven't. I'm hoping the front office will help them out. All right, Joel, you got a comment here. What's going on? So do you think the Reds can contend in a couple of years? Well, they're contending now, to be honest. Um, it depends on what they do. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Future-wise, starting pitching-wise, yeah. I mean, you got Hunter Green, who's in AAA now. You got Nick Lodolo, who's probably not too far behind him. He's battling blisters. You, you got Vladimir Gutierrez. You got, uh, I know, the signs, signs, whatever. I, what, I, the guy who just pitched this past week. You got him. Those are four starting pitchers that so far look pretty good. So, yeah, and that's another reason why I don't I, – I need them to – or not need. I think the Reds need to sign Nick Castellanos. He's still young. You got him and Dwink. Him and Dwink, you can build a ball club around. You got to go find a dagger on shortstop, which they should have done again in the offseason. But you got those two. You got Jonathan India. You got Tyler Stevenson. You got – those are four building blocks of a young ball club. You got Nick Senzel, who if he could ever stay healthy, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe for shortstop, maybe either Senzel or 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 India could play shortstop eventually. I don't know. I wouldn't worry about it right now. Right now, you got a, you got two big holes. You got shortstop and you got the bullpen. For me, I don't think they can fix both of them. And uh, you know, I think they need if they're gonna fix one, they gotta fix the bullpen. So yes, I do think they can compete in in, in the next couple years. So we have the young players here, and they're not going anywhere. And these four, if you got four. Very good starting pitchers that are young. Yeah, you're you're going to be able to contend for a while. You know, I mean, Hunter Green tonight. If he's pitching tonight, he's making his debut. He's the number two prospect for the Reds. He's ranked 56 in all of MLB as far as prospects. He's making his debut in Triple A uh, tonight in Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. Just like you know, Peyton Manning. It's at 8:05, so it's about the same time that the Reds will be playing. Now, if you want to watch it, the game will air on MILB TV. And I think that's a, a website that you can go watch it. So if you guys are interested, so Crown, if you're interested to go watch a boy, Hunter Green, uh, you can check him out there. So to answer your question, Joe, yes, I, I do think they can contend for the next couple of years because of the young guys they have coming up in pitching and the young guys that we already have here. Am I that confident that the front office will spend the money to keep everybody? I don't know. Because then that's that's the thing. I've said this before on this show. I, I don't understand why you would spend – well, I understand your excuse for not doing it. But, what, three years ago, you traded for Yasiel Puig, who you turned around and turned him into Trevor Bauer. You signed Sonny Gray, or you traded for him. Then last year, you got Shogo, you got the Cassianos, Moustakis, Wade Miley, all these guys you signed last year. And I know the pandemic hit. And then this offseason, you still have a good team, even if you lost Trevor Bauer, which I said that. I said it's still a good team. you know. And not only did they not add to the bullpen or the pitches that they took away from it by trading away Iglesias, by not resigning or picking up the option on – Archie Bradley. It's just, I don't understand that. So, yes, I think they can. I hope the front office will. 
Gabe K, what's up, man? I love the heart this team plays with. How do we resolve the bullpen problems? Do we make a trade? Well, put it this way. If we don't make a trade, this is what's coming up. Sonny Gray comes back. <clears throat> My opinion, Santion, you move into the bullpen. My opinion. You've got Hoffman coming back. Put him in the bullpen. you got Lorenzen coming back. Put him in the bullpen. That's what's coming. But I don't know if how close they are right now. Yeah, I like to make a trade. We have options. We have guys we can trade. Um, we 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 do. We, I mean, <laughs> you got Chogo who's not playing. Who I would hate to trade. You're not playing him. You got the Punisher. You know, we, we've got options. There's, there's the kid in AAA, the third baseman they just brought up, uh, who's not going to cover off the ball. They could trade him. There's different they could do to try to get some some bullpen right now. Tim Beadle's commenting here. Hoffman and the Redson will have the bullpen. Still also believe we need to trade for one one or two. Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, we got these guys coming up. We need to make we need we need veteran arms who have been there, done that. That's what we need. <clears throat> and and Santion, maybe they'll put him back down in the minors to keep him as a starter. I don't know. I think it just depends on how the bullpen goes. But right now the bullpen is actually pitching pretty good. <laughs> not great, still not great. But that's where I'm like that's that's to me that's where like we're teetering. We're teetering. Yeah, we're we're shooting off like a rocket right now. That ball that bullpen that wasn't that long ago came and blew a seven run lead in one inning. Luckily Jesse Winger came back and hit a home run to win the damn thing. So we're still teetering. You know, it, this this bullpen is still not fixed. I mean, it's no, I still don't think that you can just hurry up and go to that bullpen. And that's where I also think that David Bell, I think I actually think that that it might be actually helping David Bell in his managerial decisions. He's not in a rush to go to the bullpen because he why would you be? <laughs> you know? So I think David Bell is learning to trust his starters more. And I think that's good. It's almost like he's actually starting to manage with some kind of feel, you know, because that was the one thing that drove me nuts about David Bell. He did everything by the book, by analytics. And I'm 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 for analytics, but I also think you gotta have some feel for it. You gotta have some gut, you gotta have some some of the old school stuff. You can't just I, I'm not all into being one way all the time. I you know, I'm not into all being old school way either all the time. I you know, I want it, you know somewhere in between. And that's what I like what David Bell has been doing. And I get it, it's out of necessity because nobody, I mean, honestly, nobody in that bullpen except for Anton and Sims here of late has been anyone he can rely on, you know, and Sims is still shaky, <laughs> you know, don't get it twisted. Sims is, is still shaky. He's not coming in and just blowing the doors off these guys. So, I think that's where I think this this has been one of David Bell's best best managerial decisions. And what I think is funny is Reds fans get upset with David Bell when he goes to the bullpen. Like, I just had a conversation with one of my buddies. I think it was last last week. I can't remember what game it was. But um, oh, it was, it was Luis Castellanos. Last, not this, this start. Let's start before that. And he pulled him out, and he went to the bullpen, and the bullpen blew it. And I was ticked. 
Because I'm like, we can't, you can't go to that bullpen. We can't, there's nobody in that bullpen we can rely on. And I don't remember how many innings he picked. He, he might have pitched five or six. I don't, I don't exactly remember. But I think that was the first really good start that Luis had in, in a little while. I think David Bell wanted to get him out and give him confidence rolling into the, to the next one. I don't think David Bell wanted to leave him out there until he couldn't pitch anymore. That's why I think he went to the bullpen. And people were ripping him for going to the bullpen because the bullpen sucks. And I'm like, okay, so if you would have kept him in for another inning and Luis Castillo say he loses it, how does that help Luis Castillo's confidence going into the next game? And eventually, I mean, nobody pitches nine innings. Nobody. I mean, most major baseball pitchers are five or six inning pitchers now. So you have to go to the bullpen sometime. So I, I think David Bell is honestly waiting as long as good, but that's the reason I think he pulled Castillo out because he actually had a good start. He was looking good. He wanted him to lead the game with confidence. So and then David Bell gets ripped for for pulling him out, and it's just I can't stand that argument of you already know the outcome of what happened. Well, you know, you should have done. You should have done this. Well, of course you're going to say that because you saw the results. You know, so I, I mean, it's kind of like when Bearcat fans blue fickle for not running the ball on that third down and passing it and punt it back to Georgia. And Georgia came down and kicked a 56-yard field goal. People are like, oh, uh, he should have ran it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, first of all, the kid kicked a 56-yard field goal. It was a hell of a kick. It was, he was a freshman. It was 56 freaking yards. You know, I take my chances on that all day, every day. 56 yards. Okay. Hindsight. Yeah. He should have ran. Stood in, he would have made it. <laughs> he might have. Hell, the guy might have caught it. You know, I, I just, I can't stand that hindsight argument. You know, because you have, there's no basis. You can't sit there and go, well, it, well, this happened. You know, if he would have done, done it the opposite way, it would have worked out completely different. You have no idea. You have absolutely no idea. All right, let's see here. Oh man, I'm gonna mess that name up. Sep, Sep a strong. I think you are you a military man. Welcome to the show. I don't think I've uh, seen you guys before, but um, like I said, we got super chats going on on the YouTube channel. If you guys want to support what I'm doing, hit the super chat. Um, perfect timing for the Reds to start playing better now. <laughs> the cicadas are dying. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I was cutting my grass the other day, and I did not have a million cicadas attacking me. <laughs> that was kind of nice. There's only a couple of them here and there. So they're, they're dying off. And they don't really lasted about two weeks. I've been here just the third time. I think in my life that I can remember that I've went through the cicadas and everybody always freaks out. Like, oh my goodness. They're coming. My wife's like, Oh, what are we going to do? We're not going to be able to go outside. I'm like, you can go outside. You can go outside. You're fine. Why don't you have a lawnmower or a blower or something? They're not going to, really come around you that much but yeah we'll see them again in 17 years they're still around but at least on my side of town they're not that bad i don't know about where you guys are at watching the show how bad they are there but i got woods in my backyard and they are i used to be able to walk outside and all i heard was cicadas and this week i barely i hear i barely hear them it sounds like a uh, a normal day in the woods all right let's get to Jungle to the Hall. That is coming up this Saturday. 
I am extremely excited to be going to this. Bengal Gem has worked his butt off to try to get this thing off the ground and make it very special. And if you guys have not registered, as always, like I keep saying on the show, please register. Go to Jim's Bengal Gems Before the Roar Tailgate Twitter handle. <clears throat> and it's pinned to the top. Registration is all there. I'm going to be leaving my – I'm going to pick my dad up. We're going to be leaving the house about 5.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock, 5.30, somewhere around there. Heading up there because I want to be there for the whole thing. 10 a.m. the noon, Man High School, where it all started for Paul Brown. Tour of their Hall of Fame and indoor football facility. You can get pictures on the 50-yard line. From the field, you can see the statue of Paul Brown right in front of the stadium. This is a very unique experience, especially for us. We're from Cincinnati or or wherever you're coming from. We got people from coming from uh, Indiana. I think Jim said New York. We got people coming from everywhere. And then we have the rally. It's from one to three. We're gonna have lots of special guests. I know Willie Anderson is going to be there. There's virtual. Speakers, there's other guest speakers. Jim's got a lot of surprises for this. This is going to be an absolute blast. We got to make sure we get Ken Rowley and Ken Anderson in the Hall of Fame this year. Don't wait any longer. The senior writers have heard about us. I mean, I'm telling you, Bengals Twitter and Bengal fan base is blowing up right now. The national media is hearing us of what a disgrace it's been to not have our greats in the Hall of Fame. That's why I want to get Ken Anderson, Ken Riley into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then next week I get Willie. And then you get Isaac Curtis and you get Lamar Parrish and Corey Dillon and on and on and on and on. There's so many guys that should be in there that are not in there. It is ridiculous. So let's get to some Bengals talk here. I got a couple things written down. Let's talk about the uh, Bengals linebacking core. This is the one that I'm also worried about, but I want to keep my eye on the most. We got Akeem Davis Gaither, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, Marcus Bynes, and uh, Jordan Evans. Now, you guys know that I've always been on Lou Armadillo's case, and I'm kind of trying to be a little more lenient, trying to understand what he's doing. I know when he got here, there was nothing. This defense was horrible. It was the worst defense in all of football. Now, this is what I got from fan side. Uh, it says the Bengals will play their base defense. It will be a 3-4 or 4-3, like I said, morphing defense. Basically, versions of a 4-2-5. Four D five. Four D linemen, five defense, defensive backs. Now, this is according to Jeff Hoffman. Hobson, Hoffman, Hobson. <laughs> Can't read my own handwriting sometimes. This is what's going to be interesting, and I think this is the linebackers is the key to this defense. I think they've got to figure out what they need to do to make sure they are in the right positions at the right time. It's There's no... Big veteran presence in this. And Josh Bynes is, uh, so far they haven't resigned him. I don't know if they're going to or not. And I know people say Josh Bynes was out of position. And trust me, Josh Bynes, for the first part of the season, did not play very good. 
the last I'd say three or four games he actually played pretty well. And Josh Bynes, there's a lot of times I got mad at him when he would get in the backfield and would not make the tackle. So I'm I would like them to sign up, but I'm not like it's oh god, we gotta sign Josh Bynes. To me, the key to this is Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Akeem Davis Gaither. Those are our three keys of our linebacking core. I think that have to step up and make a big contribution this year, especially Logan Wilson. I think Logan Wilson, it's essential for him to make a big jump this year. You know, and I could see it happening toward the end of last year before he got hurt. I could see it happening. He was making interceptions. Yeah. William House, Logan. I think Logan Wilson will take a huge step this year. I I agree with you, William. I I think he will too. The thing is, we need them. The, we, the Bengals. I look. I'm sorry. I say we. <laughs> you know, we need him to do that. No, I don't play for the team, but I buy season tickets and I cheer my ass off. And I've <laughs> punched holes in walls when my teams have lost in Super Bowl. So trust me, I think I've earned the right to say we. But anyway, yes, Logan Wilson, I think, is a key to this defense. And for me, the defense has got to be much, much better this year. For me, <laughs> to have any chance of being 10-6. and six. Now, I listened to Lindsey Patterson. She was on um, with Anthony Zinza and Don Sheeran last night. And I think she had them at 9. I think she said 9-7, and seven, I think. Uh, or, 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 or it was something like that. And I'm sitting there going, well, she's got them at, at nine and seven. I'm at ten and six. That's not that far off, you know. And Lindsay does not like putting out there her predictions because I kind of try to get her to do that when she's on my show a couple weeks ago. And for her to say that, that's pretty pretty good, I think, because for me, because <laughs> I have put it out there that I think we're going ten and six. And I really, truly believe we can. And I have to get off to a good start. And the key to that, because I'm not worried about the offense. I'm really not. I'm really not worried about the offense. I'm really not worried about the offensive line. Unless they get a whole bunch of injuries, then yes, I will be worried. But right now, I'm not worried about the offensive line. I think Jonah Williams is going to have a great year. I think Frank Pollock is going to be a huge asset to this team. I think Jax Carmen is going to be fine. Riley Reeve. I think our offensive line is really going to be fine. And I think our offense is going to be Legit, I think it's going to be the key to this whole thing working. Well, no, I'll tell you about it. it's not the key. It's already going to it's it, it's already going to be there. The key for this whole thing working is the defense. Is Lou Armadillo? Is the linebacking core? Is Hedge? Can he do what he did in New Orleans? Because they say you know a lot of experts are saying he got his 13 and a half sacks because other guys made pressure and he finished it off. Which is fine. That does happen. I mean, that's you get pressure from both sides. That's the best way to sack the quarterback. Will the Bengals produce enough pressure? Will they stop the run enough against the Clowns and the Ratbirds? Those are the keys that they have to do. You got to stop the run. Obviously, you got to run the ball. We said this a million times. Another key, DJ Reader. We barely saw him last year. I think he's a huge player for this team. 
as far as stopping the run, taking on double teams, and hopefully getting the guys to the outside, freeing them up to go get the quarterback. We got guys that I think are more in the mold of what Lou Ar- Armadillo, I almost said his real name, Lou Armadillo wants. Like I said, he wants this Morphe defense. He wants to play a 4 3, 3 4, you know, go back and forth. He wants to, whatever that team does, great. He wants to take that away from him. So we know in the AFC North with the Clowns and the Ratbirds, that's run the ball. That's why DJ Reader is huge. That's why Big Daddy Bayou, Tyler Shelvin's huge. That's why Open Joby's huge. Mike Daniels. For us to win those games, those four have hopefully going to be healthy. And those four have got to play really, really good for us to have a shot at doing it. Because if we can get the ball back, the key is getting the ball back to Joe as fast as we can. The best defense is having your offense on the field. And the more the Bengals can do that, the better chance they have of winning this division. And I do think, and I, like I said, <laughs> I got orange. You see me when I go to the games. I got orange colored sunglasses. I wear orange hair. I think they they have a shot at the wild card. If they're 10 and 6, they got a shot to win this whole division. And the Ravens are a really good team. But if you look in the playoffs, people stop them. People stop Lamar Jackson. They make Lamar throw the ball. There's a reason that no wide receivers wanted to go to Baltimore. One, they don't throw the ball very, very much. So if you're not going to throw the ball very much, one, you're not going to get that many catches, get that many yards to be able to get more money on your next contract. Two, Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. He is not a very accurate quarterback. Yes, he can throw to throw to deep ball. Yes, he, he is a very good, very good quarterback. I am not banging on him about any of that stuff. I'm stating fact. He is not a very accurate quarterback. He's not, but he's a great athlete, and he's, he's really hard to stop. Baker Mayfield, another one who's not a great quarterback. Both those teams are so run heavy. If you stop that and you make those two beat, beat you, you got a really good shot of winning. Now, if you don't contain Lamar Jackson in the pocket, he's going to destroy you because <laughs> I don't know anybody that could cover Lamar out of the backfield. You know, they've got to keep him in the pocket. So it's it's a twofold if you're going against the Ratbirds. You got to stop their three-headed monster in the running backs. And you got to stop Lamar from running the ball and making plays because dude could just ad lib and make plays. I mean, just like Michael Vick used to do back in the day. It's ridiculous. And if you're a Ratbirds fan, it's very fun to watch. If you're a Bengals fan, it's very frustrating because <laughs> there's times where it's like tackle him. And you, you can't. So for the Bengals to have a successful season, it's there's a lot of pressure, I think, on Lou Ar- Armadillo and the defense to, to make stops, make adjustments. And you have all new, basically all new secondary. These guys have never played together. None of them put on a Bengals, put on the Bengals stripes during a game last year. None of them. Chidabe Ouzier, the more I've read about this kid, I think he has a chance to be a very, very good cornerback, a, a diamond in the rough, a steal. Um, I, from what I've read, this system seems to fit him better than what Dallas was trying to do. You got Mike Hilton, 
who's one of the best blitzing cornerbacks in football. And I love the corner blitz. If you call it at the right time and they don't see it coming, you can drill the quarterback and way back. We haven't had that, you know. You got Trey Wayne, who, who's finally, hopefully not going, is going to be healthy. And is going to be a, a, a very, very suitable, good quarterback. Is he great? No. Are any of these guys great? I don't know. That, that's why I think Cheetah has that chance to be a very good quarterback. Oh, okay. Sorry. Nobody's been commenting. I'll look at and I just I got two more comments here. Let me see. Uh Joel, what's up, man? Uh, I think Baker is insanely overrated. Not bad, just overrated. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think he is a big hype train. And if you make him beat you, I think I'll take my chances on that. <laughs> I will definitely take my chances on that. William. Uh, did you see the video of Joe Burrow throwing deep pass to Thomas? Oh my God. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, who was it? Uh, I can't remember his name. Somebody copied or uh, tagged me on that on Twitter. And yes, I did. And yes, that was awesome. I mean, I've seen highlights of Joe. Well, not highlights. Just, uh, did you guys see him moving side to side in the end zone and, and throwing out of the end zone on the run uh, the last day of minicamp? He looks pretty good, you know. I mean, I know he said he's still 80 to 85% because he hasn't been on a rehab, and he's got to get back to that now. But now that's, a, that's the thing. How we're talking Joe Burrow, but there's not a lot of people talking about his knee. Like, put it this way. If Joe Burrow wasn't at, at minicamp or at OTS, if he wasn't participating, the story would be, Will Joe Burrow be ready? Will he? We know he's going to be. That takes so much pressure off the team. I think that that you know you know Joe's going to be ready. Hell, Joe might play in the preseason. Like I said, he's throwing deep balls. They're they're saying his pass is harder than it used to be because you know sometimes and somebody brought this up. Like I said I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, uh, a lot of Bengals, well Bengals Reds Bearcats podcasts. And I don't remember who said this, but that maybe his arm strength was always there. He just didn't wasn't as accurate throwing it that hard. And since he's been a professional football player here for a year, he's had time to work on throwing it as hard as he can to being and being accurate with it. So it might not be, and I think he did strength. He even said strength of his hips and stuff like that. So I think it's also a combination of that stuff. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team. And, and it's, it's like I said, I put it out there, 10 and 6, it's a bold prediction, but the talent is there. And I know uh, Clubs of Do- Domination tweeted me out yesterday about that question I put up there, if we would trade a whole bunch of draft picks to get Stringer from LSU. Like I said, that's a very interesting question, but there's other guys you can get, and he is an unbelievable player. If there's any chance the Bengals could get him, I'd be all over it. But not giving up that much because there's still players the Bengals need. You know, this te- football is the most team-oriented sport. The only position that you would give up a ton of stuff for in football is that quarterback. 
That's it. I mean, what you're talking about giving up for a, a cornerback is what you would give up for a quarterback. We got the quarterback. You could fill in with other players. You know, you need the most important part of the football team is the quarterback. So my, my, my point is that's too much to give up for one guy. One guy doesn't make that big of an impact unless he's a quarterback. Does that make sense? Crip, what's up, man? Hey, Strawberry, I missed your Reds talk today. What's the word on TJ Anton? Um, He, what did they say? He's he's close. I know that, Crip. I don't, man, they said it last night on the broadcast, and I didn't write it. I know he's close. I, I, I think he might be getting ready for a rehab start or a rehab stint. I'm not sure on that. But I know he is definitely close because he didn't <clears throat> he didn't tear anything. It's just soreness, you know, in his forearm and stuff, which you gotta be careful with that. You get soreness in your forearm, that makes you prone to tear your ligament in your elbow. And you have Tommy John surgery. And TJ Anton has already had Tommy John surgery, and he has was very adamant in his press conference when he went on the disabled list that it's not Tommy John. He knows what that feels like. He's already done that. So I hope that answers your, your question, Crip. I, I think he's close. I mean, I'm praying to God he's coming back soon because this bullpen needs him. Um, but it is, but Crip, it's just been, uh, it's been so much fun watching this team play. And oh, I, I'll just sum up what I was saying before, dude. Is is that Nick Cassianos? I think his his attitude, his confidence, is is perforating throughout this whole team. I think he is unequivocally the leader of this team. David Bell, in my opinion, is doing a hell of a job managing. And you know, Crip, I call him the man scientist, and I couldn't stand the moves he's making, he would make. This year, I think he's, like I said, I think he's managing with more feel than he ever has before. And that is a big thing. That is, because, I mean, he never managed baseball. He was never a manager anywhere. In baseball, so I think he's he's getting he's getting better. You, I mean, because I mean, he when he first got a heat match every freaking game, like the seventh game of the World Series, and and like I said, I think this bullpen being so bad has actually helped David Bell in his managerial style because he does not want to go to that bullpen unless he has to. And I know last week he went or before he took Luis Castillo. Castillo out early, but also I think he took him out early because he wanted to give him confidence going into his next start. And look what happened. His next start, that's the best start he's had all year. I think that had a lot to do with David Bell taking him out on a good note. Call me crazy. William, you agree. I mean, I, so again, hats off to David Bell. And I, you know, look, I, I've said this before. I will call you out if I don't think you're doing a very good job. You prove me wrong, you change, then yes, like Lou Armadillo. Swear to God, <laughs> you fix this defense, I will call you by your first name or by your by your real name. Chris, what's up? Reds, Bengals, and Bearcats all making the playoffs this year. Go Cincinnati. Yeah, all the Bearcats, okay. Bearcats for sure. <laughs> well, I don't even know if they're making it. Ah, that's I can't say for sure. I hope you're right, Chris, man. I hope you're right. Especially the Bearcat football team. That would be so much fun. 
Uh, but it's still gonna be hard. It's it, dude. It's still gonna be hard for the Bearcats to make the pro, the college football playoffs because we're in the AAC. Unless they go to this twelve team uh, playoff thing that they're talking about. Because I mean, I think the Bearcats might be ranked tenth or twelfth. I think when the uh, preseason poll comes out, they have to go undefeated. If they are not undefeated, then they have no shot. That's. They can't, they can't lose a game, and that is really hard to do. I don't care what conference you play in, and they would be doing it in the regular season because they are undefeated in the regular season last year, back-to-back years. That's really hard to do, and, not, and the Bearcats are going to Notre Dame, and they're going to Indiana, and they're like, oh, Indiana. Ohio, talk to Ohio State about Indiana. <laughs> Indiana always gives Ohio State a hard game. Bearcat football is going to be so much fun this year, and I, I I'm trying to be real uh, real about it. I I hope they make the playoffs, but they cannot lose a game. And I said the Reds. I think the Reds still can make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a wild card team, but the way that's going to happen, and the only way, to my opinion, that's going to happen is this front office has got to go out and get at least one or two arms in that bullpen, because I know the bullpen's pitched good here the last couple of days. We've seen what that bullpen has done for the last three months. It's not that good. These guys have have worked their butts off and and pitched very very good these last couple games. But is it sustainable? That's my thing. Is I think they're teetering, you know, and I don't want to teeter and collapse because let's just let's just put it this way. I mean, this team started the season six and one. They've had a couple long streaks here. Went out to to California, lost seven in a row. Now they're winning six in a row again. That's where the teetering is. When they lose for the first time, because they're not going to win the rest of them, no matter who, what, no matter how optimistic I am, they're not going to win the rest of them. When that loss comes and how it comes, they need to jump back on that horse and win the next day. And it depends. And and it it the problem is. This bullpen right now is not good enough to sustain. Say, we have, say, Miley goes out and lays an egg tonight. Who are you going to bring in in that bullpen? You know, who who, who out there is, you know, all right, he's, all, he's our long guy. There's no, not even a set situation, I think. For the bullpen out there, of, of who's what? There's no, and I know David Bell kind of doesn't really want to manage that way, but you still have guys who, you know, they're long guys. You know, that's who you bring in. I don't know who that is. You know, so the starting pitching has been extremely, extremely good for the Reds, and that's been the key to this winning streak is the starting pitching. The offense has been the same as it's been all year. Yeah, yeah, we'll have games here and there where we score one or two runs. But for the most part, we're scoring six, seven runs a game. The key to this winning streak has been the starting pitching. The problem, the thing is, is one of these days something's going to happen and you're going to have to rely on that bullpen. That's where this front office needs to step up and go get us at least two arms in that bullpen. Yeah, we got guys coming back, but they're not coming back right now. I mean, we're legitimately talking maybe right before the All-Star break or right after it, that these guys come back. So for the Reds to make the playoffs, the front office 
front office has got to help them. If they don't help them, I don't see how the Reds can make the playoffs. I mean, the Cubs have holes. The Cardinals have holes. But to me, the Reds have a gaping hole in this bullpen. And, yes, they've pitched pitched very, very well here lately. Is it sustainable? Is, is the way they're pitching now, is that move, is going to be like that to, for moving on for the rest of the year? Or are they going to be like we've seen them the last, the first two and a half, three months of the season? I think it's the latter because we've seen more of it. Now, hopefully I'm wrong. I'll be glad to be wrong. But that's where this front office has got to step up. They've got to step up and get us, us again, some help. Help the bullpen. There is help coming, but it's not here yet. Yet. Sims is starting tomorrow. <laughs> I hope that's a joke, Crip, because I haven't seen that at all anywhere. <laughs> if Sims starts tomorrow, oh my God. Uh, Chris says, there's still hope. It's possible. I got faith. I'm with you, dude. Me too. I mean, I, I, I said at the beginning of the year, I think they can make the playoffs because this division is winnable. And that's what just has been so frustrating with this front office that they just kind of just kicked this this season to the side. Like, ah, whatever, you know, make playoffs, make playoffs. We don't. Yeah, we got a good team. Eh, we're not going to give me any help. I was like, Bob Castellini said, I'm bringing championship baseball back. You have a team that honestly could bring you championship baseball if you would have helped him a little bit. Which you, that's when you, you screwed up there. Cool. Offseason. It's over. Let's go do something now about it. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to get all fired up about this if I don't calm down. So, <laughs> hey, we just give you guys a heads up. Next week, I am going on vacation. Uh, we're going up to, like I said, Saturday, we're up to the jungle, to the hall. And that is going to be a blast to go to. I hope all you guys can join us there. But next week, I'm on vacation. So, I will be down in Florida. I might do a show. I might not do a show. I'm not sure. Because last year I went on vacation. I was on a roll. I was getting a whole bunch of new subscribers and everything. I was doing great. And I took the week off. And it took me forever <laughs> to get the momentum back. So um, I might do a couple of shows. I might just be on vacation. I don't know. But that's why you have to subscribe. So make sure you guys subscribe, share. Tell all your friends about me. Now let's get to the Facebook groups. That let me live stream on their groups. I appreciate every single one of them. Hootay Nation, one of the best Bengals groups around. Since I have Bengals in the jungle, Bengals Nation, Bengals Hootay Nation, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts. They got the Ice, Star, Ice Bar, which is that's my show page. It's just kind of a little side side page next, you know, aside from the Strawberry Ice Facebook page. Virtual bar. We go there, talk crap, have fun. Don't take anything seriously. Like I said, you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. I'm on Instagram. I do some silly TikToks. Like I said, there's, there's actually cool TikToks. I think the ones I made yesterday about Joey Votto. You should definitely go check those out. Uh, the handle there is Iceman90 and everything's under Sports with Strawberry Ice. If you type that in, you did find it. I want to sound out later on tonight. You guys are kicking ass on the uh, podcast. I appreciate the downloads. Like I said, you guys can give me some comments. That's awesome. If you want to, tell me what you like, what you don't comment on the YouTube show after I get done. Tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Any ideas? 
you guys have in mind. I know somebody asked me if I was going to do any live streaming uh, during the Bengals game or anything like that. Home games, I'm going to be at the game. So it's going to be really difficult to do anything, any kind of watch parties or anything like that. And as far as YouTube goes, watch parties are kind of frowned upon uh, because, well, well, unless you guys just want to sit there and stare at me watching the game, <laughs> I can't play the game. Uh, NFL won't let me. So uh, I might do some stuff. We'll see what happens. But uh, the podcast, like I said, make sure you give me a five-star review, like, rate, review. YouTubers, we're at 1,135 subscribers. I appreciate every single one of you guys. And like I said, on the YouTube channel, we're doing Super Chats now. Hank has been blowing me up the last couple of days. I appreciate Hank and the money that he has uh, donated to my cause, which is just supporting me and my channel and what I'm doing here. And like I said, we're at 1,135 subscribers. And other than that, hopefully Jeremy D should be back tomorrow. Tomorrow I got Anthony Kazenza from the Orange Block Insider Podcast to round out the weekend. It's always fun having him on there. We talk some Bengals. We talk, well, we'll talk California. I'm actually kind of curious. Did Anthony grow up in Cincinnati? And, and then he moved to California, or is he from California and he become a Bengals fan? Or I, that's a question I gotta I gotta find out from him. But other than that, everybody all together now. As Jeremy D- Dean would say, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? Come on, Reds. Let's dude. If we can win seven in a row, that we will that we will match our longest lo- losing streak. <laughs> We're at six right now. That's how we started the season. Let's go get seven. This will be fun. This has been a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And that's just sports, baby. See ya.